Welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're so honored that you're joining us today. The word kalos is a poorly pronounced Greek word that means beautiful. And we believe here at Kalos that the words and the ways of Jesus are very beautiful. That's why each week we're bringing content to make known that beauty. So let's go ahead and jump right in to this last Sunday's sermon. Well, I'm going to jump into the scripture as we launch Ephesians. And so why don't we read uh, this first verse. We're going to be walking through each chapter of the book of Ephesians for the next three months. And so let's start with verse 1. Ephesians 1.1, it says, This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. So, Father, this morning we pray that we want to just be hearers of your word, but doers. We pray in the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen and amen. So in this letter, we see that Paul is writing from a prison. He's put in prison by sharing the gospel. He's really encountering oppression and persecution. And he writes this letter to a group of people he had ministered to in the past. Ephesus at the time was about the fourth largest city in the world. It was an epicenter for a lot of trade and a lot of different religions. It was a center for Roman Greek gods and temples and worship. So he's writing a letter to these people. And in this series, over the next three months, we're going to be talking about the themes found in this Bible. The first half is really spent focusing on our vertical relationship with God. The second half really focuses on our horizontal relationships with one another, influenced by our relationship with God, and how God is bringing about a diverse, multi-ethnic church to really be a powerful force on the earth. Can you guys praise the Lord for a diverse church? We have people from all tongues, tribes, nations here at Kalos Church. We have different thoughts. We are not a right or left church. We are a kingdom-focused upward church, united under the banner of Jesus Christ and nothing else. He is the King of kings, amen. He is the name above every single name, and all of these other lesser names will bow down to the name of Jesus. And so he, he is launching this journey in this letter and explaining it, and then he, he brings in this crazy principle that, we as the church can experience every spiritual blessing. Look at someone say every blessing. Every blessing is a promise that we receive in Christ. Ephesians 1.3, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, who has blessed us with every, everybody say every, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly, heavenly realms. And uh, today I want to talk about how to earn God's blessings. And I think this is something we really need. How many of you need the blessings of God in your life? You need the Lord to show up. And we're going to be preaching this. We're going to be walking through this. And, and before we move forward, I'm just going to ask that you help me preach. As you know, about a month ago, I, I just overcame COVID with my wife. And so your, your energy and feedback actually helps me preach better. So if I could get some amens, if you agree, yes, laughter, if it's funny, if it's not funny, uh, I mean, because why can't pastors tell good jokes because they don't have good timing? Uh, so just help me out. Try my stories. It would be it would just be a huge blessing that I, I want. I want blessings too. You know, uh, so we see the scripture. It says, for all of us have been given this gift of every spiritual blessing. So some of us are thinking already, how can I get this blessing? I need this blessing. I want to earn it. I want to work for it. But uh, I, I want to tell you something, that this verse might not be what we expect. And 
I, I'm reminded of the song by Chance the Rapper. Anybody here of Chance the Rapper? All right, you, you, it's, it's okay. <laughs> People are like, ah, these are all my new church friends. I want to be holy. <laughs> but Chance, Chance the Rapper, he has, he has this song. It's like, when, when the blessings go up, or no, sorry, actually, he sings it the opposite. And I'm going to talk about that. He sings, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. Come on, say it. When the bless praises go up, the blessings come down. Well, actually, I'm messing that up on purpose. He says, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. But I want you to know, in this scripture, the blessings have already come down for us as the people of God. And we don't praise the Lord to earn blessings. We praise him. We praise him because we're already blessed in Christ. And so it's the, it's the opposite. It's not when the praises go up, the blessings come down. It's because we are blessed, the praises go up. The Lord is the initiator of our faith. He is the one who first loves us. And this really, it, it strikes our culture because we love to hustle, rise and grind. I don't want any handouts. I work hard for everything I have. Man, I, back in my day, I walked uphill to school both ways, barefoot, in the snow. Everything I have, I earned through grit and hard work. I hustle, work hard, hustle, work hard, play hard, hustle. This is what we do. You know, uh, when, I, when I was uh, raised in Minnesota from an immigrant family, man, this was instilled in me. Hey, son, we're in a new nation. We got to work hard. We don't have anything. And so I, I really adopted this into my, my philosophy of life. So at the age of 13, I got a job at Wendy's. Can I get a good amen for Wendy's? For those of you watching online, can I get a good Wendy's emoji? And so I got this job at 13. I'm working hard. In my first hour of work, my dad comes in. He, he just yells. He's still, like, learning English at the time. He yells, child labor laws. Stop working. <laughs> Son, you got to focus on your studies. What are you doing? I was like, Dad, work hard, play hard, hustle. This is what you taught me. He's like, no. And he, he literally grabbed my hand, and I left Wendy's. But you know what? Two days later, I went back to that Wendy's, and I collected, get ready to praise the Lord. I collected my $6 check with $2 taken out of it for taxes. <laughs> Glory to God. Because I earned it. I wanted that. I didn't just want that free money. I worked hard for it. But, you know, in our, in our culture, we want to earn God's blessing. But it's a, it's a free gift. It's something that we can't hustle hard enough for. The love of God isn't something you earn. There's nothing you can do to lose or get God's love. And that's what Ephesians is saying. Right here in this first verse, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. We are in Christ. That's where the blessings come from. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his highest. Before the world was even created, he chose you. He knew you. He wanted you. That is beautiful. I need to hear that. Sometimes I feel like a mistake. Sometimes I feel so lost. What am I even doing here? God, do you even notice me? Do I even have a purpose? But to know that he picked me before the world was even created, that's a blessing to me. Anybody with me? So that's what the scripture says. So how do we earn God's blessings? It's going to be a real short sermon. We don't. 
All right, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Just kidding. You know, and, uh, here, <laughs> it's, it's just amazing. No, we're not, we're not closing. We got, we got about two hours to go. You know, we do have a hard time accepting this. I remember in college I, I said to this girl, hey, I'm not trying to hit on you. I don't want to date you, but I want to let you know I think you're beautiful. She's like, I'm not beautiful. Don't say that to me. She couldn't accept it. Sometimes we're at, we're at the restaurant, and we're with a friend, and the bill comes out, and someone says, hey, I want to pay for this. We're like, no, we will split it. They said, no, I just want to be a blessing to you. I just want to give you a gift. And then you secretly Venmo or cash it them. You just can't accept it. You have to fight for it. And it becomes this war, poor server in the midst of the battle. You're like, no, I'm going to pay. No, I'm going to pay. No, I'm going to pay. No, I want to bless you. No, I want to bless you. No, I can't accept that. I have to earn it. Then you found out they talked to them before you even walked into the restaurant. You're like, sneaky. Very sneaky. Becca, you know what I'm talking about. You're very excited about that point. <laughs> Sneak attack. You know, maybe, maybe you relate to this. Here's a clip from the show The Office. Anybody like The Office in here? And uh, there's a character named Dwight, Dwight, a character named Andy, and they get in a battle of kindness. Let's watch this clip. All right, we can stop that. <laughs> we can stop that. Let's go back to the word of God, please. <laughs> and so during this battle, we cannot just accept the kindness. We have to earn it. We have to work hard for it. How many of you feel like that in your life? Can it accept a free gift? You feel guilty. You feel like you've got to work hard secretly. It's just it's very difficult for you to receive a compliment. You change the subject. You can't just say thank you with kindness. And uh, I, I want you to know, though, when it comes to our faith, we can't earn God's gifts. Things cease to be a gift when you earn them. And so some of us get confused because we are called to work hard for the Lord. We give him everything. Everything we do is worship. We worship him with our heart, our mind, and our spirit. But here's the difference. The root of our salvation is a free gift. But the fruit of our life is a transformed life. The fruit of our salvation means we don't do this to earn God's love. We don't work to earn God's love, but because we're already loved. Does that make sense? And so you are already loved, and as a response, we work as unto the Lord. It's our praise because we're already blessed. So if you want to memeify this, here's something I wrote. Two ways to earn God's gift. Number one, you don't earn gifts. That's it. Number two, God's gifts are received, not achieved. Amen. And so I, I want to talk about three things that this scripture in the first 15 verses of Ephesians 1 talks about. Ways we are blessed. And so I'm going to talk about how we are chosen by the Father. That's a blessing. 
We are redeemed by the Son. That's a blessing. Amen. And we are sealed by the Spirit. That's a blessing. Amen. Amen. Come on, give me some feedback. It'll help me in my energy levels. Amen. Look at someone right in the eyes and say, Amen. Powerful, powerful. So number one, we are chosen by the Father. Verse five, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and give him great pleasure. So we praise God. So see, it's already happened. So we praise God. Praise is the fruit of what he's already done. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on those who belong to his dear son. So we are chosen we are adopted, we are wanted even before the world was created. And, and biblical adoption is different than the adoption we've learned in our culture. In, in Roman culture back in that day, you could disown your own children for various reasons, but you couldn't disown a child you adopted. And when you adopted a child in Roman culture, they automatically became recipients to everything you own, their debts were wiped away, their obligations from the past were wiped away, and so they were no longer slaves but children of God. Any children of God here? You've had your debts wiped away, you're a new creation, you have a new name, and that's, that's what would happen. But you couldn't disown a child that you, you already birthed. And the crazy thing about Roman adoption is you really couldn't do it by accident. You know, some of us, we can get pregnant by accident. We, whoops. Oh, boy, where, where did that come from? But you, you're not like, man, how did you adopt that child? Well, I got really drunk last night. <laughs> and four months later, I signed some papers, and I paid, like, all my money. It's not, it's not like, oops, I adopted. <laughs> it's, oops, I'm pregnant. This can happen. But in this culture, it, it was a big deal. So a lot of people who didn't have children, they would adopt a child. And then once they were adopted in this Roman culture, they could never disown that child. It was forever. They could never. You could disown a child you birthed, but not one you adopted. And this is the same language that we see in Ephesians. Before the world was created, God chose you and you and you, and he adopted us into this amazing relationship. You know, sometimes we choose things as a last resort or because there are no other options. But God could have picked anything, but he created you from scratch. God could have chosen anything. You know, every Saturday we take our children to Western Co. Donuts in Bellevue. It's amazing. Our kids love it. And we, we get there late a lot of times. And I always ask them, hey, do you have any cream-filled donuts left? Anybody like cream-filled donuts? Do you have any of these, like, these cream-filled donuts? They go, no, they're all taken. So I say, okay, I'm sorry. I was late. Give me an old-fashioned <laughs> And I don't really want it, but it's there. And the best was picked over, and so I, I chose something I didn't prefer. Listen to this. Some of you came this morning just to hear this. You are not an old-fashioned God. You are a cream-filled donut. Amen. How many of you are having a hard time receiving that right now? But it's true. Look at someone right now and say, you are not an old-fashioned donut to God. You are a cream-filled donut. We love God because he first loved us before the world was even created. 1 John 4, 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. And so we respond to that love 
and we praise him because the blessings have come down. Amen. Second blessing I want to talk about is this. We are redeemed by the Son. Anybody here redeemed by the Son? Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the name above every name, the Lord of lords. Can we give it up for Jesus one more time? I love him. He's amazing. This church is all about Jesus. He's a big deal to us. He's not just like first on the list of everything. He's the center of our list. He's the center of our life, our heart. He's why we get up. He's why we go to bed. Our, our lives are so much better because of Jesus. They exist because of Jesus. So let's read, continuing in verse 7. He is so rich. God is so rich. Amen. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is full of his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. We are chosen by the Father, but we are redeemed by the Son. We have been set free by Jesus. We have been purchased by the blood of Christ. And today we are free. Anybody free this morning in Christ? But our freedom did not come for free. It came at a price. Jesus Christ on the cross laid down his life. He was tortured like a common criminal. He was crucified between two thieves. He paid a price. He spilled his blood and he purchased us back from death. We are redeemed by the Son. You know, my, my wife here, Pastor Amritha, she was adopted from India. First day she was born, she was abandoned, left at the doorstep of a Christian missionary woman who actually wasn't a missionary. She was just a nurse, but be, she became a missionary because people just started dropping children at her doorstep, over 100 children. It's wild. So Amritha was adopted by an amazing family in Kansas. And as the family learned of Amritha, they, they weren't in India yet. They were in Kansas. They, they realized, we want this girl. We're choosing her. She doesn't know us yet, but we're choosing her. But just because they chose her, it didn't mean that adoption process was easy. It came at a great cost. It came at a great price. They had to wait one year two years, three years. They had to max out their savings to the point where they only had enough money to buy one ticket to send Jeanette Miller, Amritha's mom, to Kansas to pick her up. Just because they wanted her, just because they chose her, didn't mean it didn't come at a great price. And people around them said, you know, after one year, two years of spending their money, praying, after, after grieving and having pain in their heart, they said, we just need to give up on this girl. You, you need to stop this adoption process. It, it's costing you too much. They said, no, those are our daughters. We'll, pray, we'll pay any price for them. They're our daughters, and we are going to invest our money, our time, our prayers. We're going to fight for them, and we will pay any price to get our girls into our home because we wanted them. Even before they met us, we wanted them. They are ours. And I want to show you a picture. After all their fighting, this is a picture of them at the court office finalizing their adoption. Say hi, baby Amrita. Hello. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Can we give it up for an amazing family that paid a price to bring an amazing woman into our, our wonderful nation? And so it cost a lot, but they fought and they made it happen. 
And Jesus did the same thing for us. I'm so thankful he laid down his life. That God loves you, and he wasn't afraid to, to send his only son for you. That's how much you are worth to God. You're not willing to pay something if you don't think the purchase is worth it. Isn't it amazing? I love this quote by C.S. Lewis. It says, the Son of God became a man to enable men to become sons of God. The Son of God became a man to enable men to become sons of God because we were purchased by the blood of Jesus. Many of you have walked a life of darkness. You've been trapped in habits, addictions, sins. You've done the things you don't want to do. Maybe for generations, your families have walked in this way. Maybe these pain points, maybe divorce, maybe all of this. But I want to let you know, just like we learned in adoption, those past debts don't own you anymore. Because the Father has chosen to adopt you. Jesus laid down his life so that he could purchase you with his blood. So you carry the image of God. You carry the name of the Lord. You are part of the family. You are welcome at the table. You are not here by accident. God has handpicked you. You are wanted. You are loved. You are desired. He lavishes his blessings on you because you're his child. Amen? It's a beautiful thing. How many of you are thankful that we've been purchased by the blood? Thank you, Jesus. And so the third thing we see in the scripture is this. We are sealed by the Spirit. In verse 12, God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own. How? By giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee. Everybody say guarantee. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise. Why? He did this. He initiated it. Why? Say that with me. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. So when we were adopted by God, we received his name. We were set free from our past. And now we are part of this great inheritance. We get Every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. You know, the, the church of Ephesus that Paul's writing to is a church that we see in Acts 19 on Paul's missionary journeys. And there is a group of people that had received John's baptism. They were baptized in water. And Paul goes to them and he says, what baptism have you received? And then they realize, whoa, there's more than one baptism. There's more to our walk with God. There's more to our faith. I want to read this in Acts 19 because it gives us context for what we're reading in the letter he's writing to the church. He writes in Acts 19, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. So the church of Ephesians was in Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. How many of you have been baptized? It's a baptism of repentance. It says, hey, my, my old life was not bringing life. It was not honoring God. So I'm going in this water to represent my death. And I'm coming out of that water as a new creation. I am born from above. I am born from the spirit. 
It, it is powerful. If you have not been baptized and you want to, let us know. It is so powerful. It's a public demonstration that God has changed my life. And I want the whole world to know that Jesus is alive in me. Amen. And so, so, so Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is in Jesus. On hearing this, actually, let me backtrack. They answered, no, we have not even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. Actually, let me backtrack even more. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, then one baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. So John said, believe in Jesus. That is Jesus. On hearing this, the new baptism, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Paul placed his hands on them. So he's taking them from the first baptism to a second one. And the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So here Paul's introducing not only the baptism of John in water, but the baptism of the Spirit in fire. And, and some of us are scared when we hear this, but this is in the scripture. <laughs> this is a promise. We cannot be a people that are 2,000 years after this group in Ephesus that still don't know what the Holy Spirit is all about. Sadly, in a lot of our churches, we're all about the Father and Son, but we don't know who the Holy Spirit is. It's like this weird part of the Trinity. But we, we, we serve a triune God, amen? Like, the Holy Spirit's not like this weird uncle that comes in. He, he is God. He's equally God. And it's not just that we worship the Father, Son, and Holy Scripture. No, we invite the Holy Spirit, right? We, how many of you guys want the Holy Spirit? Everything that God has to offer us. Does that mean we have to be super weird? No. But does it mean things can't get weird? Yes. Because we are people of faith, we walk in a mystery. I mean, if you're, if you're afraid of the Holy Spirit because you don't want to get weird, stop telling your friends to drink the blood of Jesus. How's your Sunday morning? I've been soaked in the blood of the Lamb. You're weird already. With or without the Holy Spirit, I'm sorry. Look at someone and say, you're weird. And so we at Kalos Church are proud to be a church that welcomes the Holy Spirit, all the gifts of the Spirit. This might make some of you leave the church, but I, I speak in tongues. I, I prophesy. I, I pray for people and see them get healed. But we make this accessible. We're not trying to weird people out just for the sake of being weird. We have order in the house of God. We walk with wisdom. We, but we say we want everything that God has for us. And, and the scripture says in the last days he will pour out his spirit. And sons and daughters will prophesy. Well, in my understanding of time and chronological events, it, we're past the last days. I don't understand time anymore. Because the last days should be in the future, not what we're experiencing right now. And if he says in the last days I'm going to pour out my spirit and all these things are going to happen, that, that means we can have access to, to it right now. And we're not past it. Amen. And so uh, if you have questions about that, let's talk about it. If you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come to me after service, and we can pray together, and we'll talk about it. But this seal of the Holy Spirit we're talking about in Ephesians says that it is a seal in us that guarantees the inheritance that we are promised in Jesus, promised in the Father. And the Holy Spirit is evidence that we will receive every spiritual blessing. It says that we have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Everybody say sealed. Seal. So I, I want to talk to you about um, what seal means. So here, here is a, a hammer, and it has a seal on it. It says, handcrafted by Melvin D. Miller. 
So uh, Amrita was adopted by a family in rural Kansas. Both her grandparents grew up Amish. You probably already knew that by looking at her. So both <laughs> her parents <laughs> grew up Amish, and then they radically left the Amish church and became Mennonites. They just went crazy. <laughs> so anyways, he, he makes all this stuff from what he's like, what is he, like 96, healthy, still, still building stuff, still working on the farm. Like, it's just amazing, amazing. And so anyways, he, he gave this to us, and I want you to notice his seal is on here. And, and the seal is like a stamp or a brand. His seal is there, and it, it implies that the origin comes from me. The ownership comes from me. I can give this. The authenticity comes from me. And this scripture says we've been sealed by the Spirit. You might remember some scriptures like where in the book of Esther, we went through the book of Esther last summer, and the king sealed a letter with a stamp with wax to say that this letter is authentic, the origin is from me. That same terminology, you know, you would see on jugs, they would take a jug and then they would put a wax seal on it and stamp it. And that represents that this is legit, this is real, I can promise you it's good, and it's up to the standard of my name. So here in the scripture, Paul's saying, yes, you were chosen by the Father, you were redeemed by the Son, but I am giving you the Holy Spirit to seal this in, that you come from me, that your identity is not achieved, it's received from me. I am the author and I'm the finisher of your faith. And the Lord will finish the good work he has started in you. Some of us in our faith are very lost, are confused because we have seen the miracles of God. We've prayed for people and God has answered prayers in specific ways, in powerful ways. But then when we pray for this, nothing happens. Have you ever felt like that? You're like, God, why do you heal some but not all on this earth? Lord, why are you answering their prayers but not my prayers? Lord, I would trade every one of these small miracle for this big miracle for my children, for my family, for my work, for my finances. I mean, you know our, our world, me and Amrita, we've been dealing with special needs in our, in our son, and we're like, Lord, we've seen everything that you can do. Why aren't you bringing more words? Why aren't you restoring better eye contact and interaction? But we do see little miracles, but not the big miracles. But we can stand in faith even in the midst of little progress because we know that we've been sealed by the Spirit of God and that God will finish the work he has started in our son. He will finish the work that he started in you. He will finish the work he started in our church because the praises go up. Why? Because the blessings have already come down. And God is the initiator of our faith, but he's also the finisher of our faith. And some of you have needs, you have issues, you need miracles, you need God to show up. But I want you to know he can baptize you in the spirit of God. He will bring your promises to completion. And we will stand and believe as a church with you that our God is worthy of our trust. We've been sealed. And that tells me the inheritance is good. The promise is good. Everything that he said would happen will happen because he is a God that can be trusted. Amen? I love that. Philippians 1.6 says, And I am certain that God who began the good work within you 
will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So as a church, we live in a time where we see that Jesus, he has finished the work on the cross. And things have already happened. There is victory. But we still long for Jesus to come again, where every tear will be wiped away. So we live in a time where the promises of God are fulfilled, but not consummated. We live between the already and not yet. You know, uh, last week, Pastor Amrita and I, we were given the honor to officiate a wedding for Nathan and Yuna. Actually, they're coming back this week. Glory to God. They'll be in second service. And uh, at their papers, we're signing the papers. They were officially married in the eyes of God before all these witnesses. We signed the legal paperwork. And I go, hey, guys, you are married. But this marriage isn't consummated, if you know what I mean. They're like, yeah, we know what you mean. Can you leave the room? I'm like, let me, let me give you a theology lesson real quick. <laughs> and I go, there's this time called fulfilled but not consummated, already but not yet. And you feel the tension. And all of creation is groaning like you, Nathan, for the sons of God to be revealed where everything will be right. But you, we know that Jesus is coming back. We know that the spirit and the bride, the church, we say come. And we know he's coming back because we've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. So those of us who are groaning like Nathan before the honeymoon, we know that Jesus will arrive and he will wipe away tears and he'll bring us into the fullness of his promises. Amen. And so we are blessed. Come on, let's declare that. We are blessed. Come on, a little bit louder. We are blessed. Come on, those of you watching online, we are blessed. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for the book of Ephesians. Thank you so much that you have chosen us, you have redeemed us with your blood, and you have sealed us with your spirit. You have sealed us, saying that we come from you. We wear your brand. We wear your identity, not because we work hard. Our identity in you is received, not achieved. We carry your authenticity. We carry your inheritance for every spiritual blessing. So we place our trust in you this morning. For those of us who are walking downtrodden in darkness, feeling like we're a mistake, that we're not blessed, Lord, I thank you that you could have created anything you wanted from scratch before the beginning of the world, and you created we pray in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. And in, can we give Jesus a round of applause? He's beautiful, isn't he? He's so beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us for the Kalos Church Podcast. Hey, if you feel comfortable, we would love to see you and meet you in person. We meet at 945 and 1130 every Sunday at the Hilton Garden Inn in downtown Bellevue. If you want to join us, head to www.kalos.church. You can get all the information you need and sign up so we can make sure there's a safe place for you to come and experience the beauty of Jesus with you. We'll see you next time.